Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Stand and cheer for the Panthers. Stand and cheer for the team. The pride of both Carolinas and city of the Queen. Carolina! Stand and cheer for the Panthers. In our grand old name. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of the Panthers Brawl. As always, alongside Jeff Taylor, Shanti Stewart, and Tyler Haberski, I'm your co-host, Jack Taylor. And uh, this week, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of national stories, but Tyler, what do you have for us? Yeah, so within the division, Jameis Winston, he actually signed with the New Orleans Saints, um, you know, going from the Buccaneers to the Saints. It, um, it was always kind of him and Cam out there on the free agent market, kind of waiting to sign. And um, after all said and done, uh, Teddy comes to the Panthers, and Winston steps in right, um, right in for Teddy as a backup to Breeze. And then also in the same kind of area of news, Andy Dalton was cut today by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so there's another person Cam's kind of competing with now to get a job um, just because, you know, the market for uh, the need for a starting quarterback is pretty thin right now, and there's not a whole lot of jobs. So we'll have to see how that plays out for Dalton and then Cam also. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting because you see, I mean, obviously in the terms of the quarterback that maybe teams like the Patriots looking for, Cam does not fit that mold, and Andy Dalton fits it a little bit better. So it'll be interesting to see now. I was just surprised to see Jameis go to the Saints because, like, what's the end game there? Do you think you're going to take the role from Drees if he retires in the next three years? Well, then the next day they signed Taysom Hill, right? To a two-year yeah, extension. Yeah, I, I think so as well. So the question becomes, what are they doing? Are they, I mean, is is Jameis the backup and Taysom's just some gadget player? Or, I mean, where where do we stand on that? Just it, It's weird. I just yeah. think Sean Payton finally realized that Taysom Hill is probably not going to be a, a legit NFL quarterback. And getting Dan- Jameis on a, on, a, on a $1 million deal, I can, that's fine. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, take it. I mean, that's a bargain being deal. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't pass on it if I could get him for $1 million. And you it's also interesting Drew- how... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. You sit him with Drew Brees, too. Let him learn from Drew. Yeah. And, I mean, if he can take away the 30 interceptions, man's got an arm. I mean, Drew Brees has one of the least, you know, has one of the short, like, smaller turnover ratios in the league. So, right. yeah, if anyone can teach him to be more accurate and more careful with the ball, right. it's him. And, I mean, I could even see them if you if they want to run, you know, I don't think it works in the, and it hasn't worked in the past, but if they wanted to run, like, a dual quarterback system and every time they wanted to run a read option, they put out, you know, they put Jason out there, Jason out, uh, Jameis out there with, you know, with whoever their running back is. I'm Camaro. Camaro. I was thinking of the yeah. Falcons. I don't know why I had a blank there. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I it it made sense to me in a way. Um, and I knew that, you know, Cam was probably – they probably, I imagine, reached out to Cam. And I'm sure that though Cam didn't really want to go to New Orleans, I feel like that wouldn't be a fit for him personality-wise or well, any, mar- any, any way like that. What were we going to say, Tyler? Oh, yeah, no. It, I just thought it was also interesting how uh, Tommy Stevens, you know – they trade up for him in the seventh round. They, they give up a 2021 20, sixth to move up in the seventh. And um, 
So now they have four quarterbacks they're dealing with now. Um, right. You know, they gave up capital to make sure, and they got Stevens. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Stevens was ready to sign with the Panthers after the draft. He had a contract already locked up with us, and uh, Sean Payton was negotiating with him, like, um, can you come here? We can up the money. And, you know, him, him and his camp were set on coming to the Panthers. Um, so Payton said, you know what? I'm done negotiating. We're going to come up in the seventh and, you know, take them. So they they got four quarterbacks now. Hey, that's fine with me. We had too many cooks in the kitchen as it was already. So Jeff kept, he kept poking me. He was like, hey, what if they take Jordan Love here? Hey, love, what if they take, love. you know, Jalen Hurts here? was like, if you don't, you got to stop. Because if we draft a quarterback, I'm going to lose my mind. I will. Because that would just be the most ridiculous thing. And see, now what I want to hear, because obviously two of the bigger things that happened in this draft where it was Jordan, Love went to the Packers, if, I, am I not, if I'm mistaken, yes, yeah. and Hurts went to the Eagles. And I said this on Twitter because I'm going to be petty and I'm going to start the fire. I want to see as much QB controversy with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz as Cam and Will Greer got this past year. Before all the foot stuff, I don't want to hear any of that. This was a healthy Cam. Everyone was like, oh, no, Greer's the new quarterback. Cam's out the door. And regardless of what happened with Cam getting cut, it didn't matter. They were all like, oh, Greer's going to take over. So now I want to see the same thing for a getting up there in age Aaron Rodgers and a can-never-stay-healthy Carson Wentz. Because you don't draft these quarterbacks in the first and second round oh, no. for backups for this long. No, they sir. are getting ready to take over the reins. You know, I, I mean, think – go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I was – I know I talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if Carson Wentz realized that he, they drafted his replacement. And, he'll, and he's – and Wentz is more than likely out – not out anytime soon, but if he can't stay healthy, he just – God, I mean, he hasn't played in any – he hasn't played in a full playoff game. He played a half yeah. of this past one. It wasn't there for the last two. No. So it's like – I'm like, well, at some point you got to be thinking about, okay, Jalen Hurts may be the one – may have maybe the guy to take over, even though – I don't believe Jalen Hurts is good enough to actually take over, but you know that's just. I think. Oh, I think Carson. Wentz, I agree with what you say, Shantis. I think Carson Wentz is one hit away from losing that job forever. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And once he gets hit and gets hurt, I think Jalen Hurts goes in there and plays some ball. On the other end of it, with um, uh, Rogers and uh, Love, I think there's a lot more there between the quarterback and the head coach. Oh yeah. And and I see Tyler shaking his head. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I, I just think that that's something big that's brewing there. Yeah, no. Rogers has always been a guy that, as a person, I don't, I don't really have a good feel for. I don't, I don't know what to think. I know there's been some stuff, but uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna want to tame and you know bring Jordan Love up. And it's kind of interesting because they bring in Jordan Love at the same age for Aaron Rodgers that Brett Favre was when they brought Rodgers in. So that's kind of ironic. And then also. It was funny, but like Brett Favre is, you know, infamous for saying like he's not getting paid to teach Aaron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers knows exactly what's going on here, and he knows he should know that it's not his that it's his team still. But he's definitely going to be upset, especially because they, you know, he asked to get them a, get himself a weapon, and they got him a backup quarterback. Especially with that first pick. And I think you're going to see history repeat itself in either one of two ways. It's either going to be that Brett Favre and Rodgers situation where you're going to say, oh, I'm not getting paid to teach him. But then it's Brett kind of paving the way for Aaron. You kind of get that talent filled right, that vacuum sealed right off the bat. Or you're going to see a Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo situation where, hey, it's him or it's me. So walk him out the door and send him somewhere else, get a trade for him. I think you're going to see one of those two things happen. Well, to me, it's amazing. Go ahead. I'm just surprised at how much power these these younger, newer head coaches are getting with the quarterback position. Like, imagine 
you're Matt Rule. You get to say, hey, we want to get rid of a former MVP and just and go and start and start from scratch. Or yep. if you're Matt LaFleur, you're talking about giving getting rid of the best quarterback of the last decade and say, you know what? Let's go ahead and get ready to move off of him and move and move toward the future. Even though we've seen that guys up in guys in their late 30s and 40s can still play at a high level. But here here's my here's my pushback on that too. And I agree with what you're saying, John. But here's what gets me. Aaron Rodgers and I, Tyler, I know where you were going. I don't like him. I never have. Um, I, I could just take him or leave him. I don't need him on my team because he's got an attitude. And the gist is he's got that cocky, arrogant attitude that you don't hear a whole lot about. I don't think that you would hear from when they talk no, about exactly. Cam. No, yeah. You know, you're not going to hear no, about Cam. You're going to hear it about Cam. Are you going to hear it about the Wonder Boy era? Yeah, no. Because we know and, why. And what irritates me is the fact that he, and I we might get some pushback from the, uh, <laughs> the Packers guys, but. He's, I don't like him and his attitudes. I, he, you know this, this. I, I, but you know what I'm getting. He's at. a prima donna. I mean, he, oh, he, just, yeah. just, and, and Matt, and here's the deal. Matt Lafleur will go. Listen, I can win with Jordan Love or whatever. I don't need your attitude. Go, bye bye. See, but Aaron Rodgers is a different case because in reality, if you if you really break it down, he's the reason they have a ring. He's the reason they were in the playoffs. They were the weirdest thirteen and three team I've ever seen. Ever. The worst 13 that not only the weirdest, but the worst. I mean, they had such a lack of talent, but he was able to like you can say obviously he had a horrible attitude, and that's very and that's true. I mean, he seems like a prima donna. To be fair, all quarterbacks are a little bit head cases. They but, you all, know, but here's the interesting part. Pushback here a little bit. His throwing motion stinks. He he throws like I mean he's the gunslinger. He's a lot like Farm in terms of his mechanics. Best. His mechanics are not solid at all. He's the best Hail Mary throwing quarterback. Well, we know that of all time. We know that. I'm just saying, like you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. Because without they Aaron Rodgers, he they don't get the, they don't, they don't oh, make the no, playoffs this year. Like I, they don't. I, I agree. I agree. But I think Jordan Love could step in right away and get the Packers not, to the playoffs. Uh, not, not with this talent. Not huh? with the, not with the talent. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers was vying for a weapon? He was like, please give well, me someone to throw to. They have their Devin. Their number one receiver. I'm fairly certain Devin punches. punches. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Didn't, my bad. Because both Randall Cobb and uh, no Adams, no, Devontae Adams is still there. Oh, Devontae Adams, never mind. Yeah, hey, you're right. My bad. My bad. You're, you're but right. But it's just I the fact that you think about a guy that's been there for 15 years, and this the first guy you draft, the first offensive player you draft in the first round is exactly. now his replacement. I'm telling you right now, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, he may he may have a bad attitude, but I'd be irked too. Because like if, I mean, I, if, yeah, no, if you keep giving me a, if Randall Cobb is having to be my best receiver for a playoff run, and I actually can make a playoff run with Devontae Adams, who was a second rounder, Randall Cobb, who was I think a third, fourth rounder, Jordy Nelson. Like, fam, give me some weapons. Give me some guys. Give me some. You made Jordy Nelson almost an offensive MVP. Like, you just give him someone. And so, no, I, like, I think he's, 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 he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, I guess, correct? Yes. Yes. He won a Super Bowl. Yes. He's been in, what do we say, Sean? He's 15 years? Yeah, 15 years. I mean, at some point, you can't, I mean, at some point, you, you man up and be, like, a, listen, at some point, you man up be a team player and go, listen, I understand he is my replacement. I'm going to do my best to groom him, and I'm going to give you the next two or three years to be the best person I can be, and then you can move on after that. You've been in the league for 15 years. Yeah, see, You've got to understand it is coming to an end. But people have it, like Tom Brady and Brett Favre. Yeah, that was well, a like, man, that's not the best, the most examples for, for. But they haven't taken the beating that Aaron Rodgers has. What do you mean? He's taken more of a beating. He's, he's had, he's had a, a bunch of more injuries. Yeah, that is fair. He's, that he's is put fair. himself in a lot. He takes some hits. That is fair. He runs the ball a lot more. So he's put himself in some situations that Brady and the other guys haven't. So. That is fair. Anyway. But uh, moving on. So <laughs> Can we get to the Panthers? Yeah, no, we, can get to the, I mean, we talked about Cam there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we did. But moving on, um, obviously the biggest thing out of the draft is that the Panthers pulled off 
one of the, I mean, a historical moment in the NFL draft, the first time in a seven-round draft where all players that were drafted were on the defensive side of the ball. And I mean, we've talked about it week in and week out that for the first time in pretty much the past decade or so, the Panthers' defense is their, is their weak link. And that is not, and that has very rarely ever been the case, where normally it's been the defense that has been, you know, keeping the offense where it needs to be, allowing them to get back on the field quickly and, you know, get some time to, you know, and be able to be successful and get those turnovers to get the Panthers successful. So, I mean, at first, I mean, we, we'll talk about, so we'll break down each pick. We'll, we'll see who, who Tyler had predicted. We'll kick back the next, see if he was right or not. Um, and then just give us, we'll give you all our thoughts because I know, as y'all saw from either our Instagram, which, Thank you all again so much because we're already at 200 followers and it's been, I think, a week and a half now. So we love all of our Instagram followers out there. Thank you all for helping us blow that up um, with the stories. And we're going to keep pushing out posts for you all. And so you saw in our stories and you saw on some of the Twitter that we were, as a group, a little bit, you know, on different sides of the spectrum with some of our picks, at least at at, at first. So we'll see. You know, we've had... We've had a little, almost a week now for some picks to kind of, you know, let them gestate. So we'll let you know later on. But because overall, there were some picks that I were, I was, I was shocked by. But looking into where, what Matt Rule and you could, you could tell Matt Rule had, if not full control, almost full control of that draft. I don't think Herney was making a single pick there, just because of the way that I mean, you go full defense. I think a GM, it's any GM in the NFL is going to draft at least one offensive player. I like. I don't think you see that in most GMs. But so going off right at the bat, um, round one Panthers with the seventh pick, as Tyler predicted, drafted Derek Brown. A lot of people were, you know, upset because they thought Isaiah Simmons was the better talent at that spot. And not that they're wrong, but there's something that I want to say right off the bat with that is that yes, I did want Simmons at a point, but the more you look down at it, the more you break it down, he's not an inside linebacker. He's not going to be that Sam guy wherever defense we run. He's going to try to. He's going to be an edge guy or an outside linebacker guy. We have that position filled. We have Shaq and Burns there. And whether or not Isaiah would have been better than either of them, that's neither here nor there. I don't think we would have put Isaiah in the best spot in our defense for him. Like he says, he can play all these different positions. I just don't think we would have used him right. With the how empty our defensive line was, I think Derek Brown, if not trading back into the second round, or back further into the first round, like we all kept saying, if that wasn't an option, then I think Derek Brown was the best option there. And I think he will give us the mo- the best chance to be successful there. What, what do y'all think? Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, so kind of all came full circle here with Eric Brown. You know, that's what people right after the Super Bowl were mocking to him. Uh, we went like three or four months of just getting creative with the pick, and then it happened. Um, I won't lie, at first, uh, with Simmons on the board, uh, I was a little bit disappointed, which is not fair to Derek Brown uh, because he's, you know, a tremendous player and – um, we talked about it on the show before, like how big of a need that defensive tackle position is, and you, it really can't be understated how much we needed that position. And you know, we you'll see later down the road, but we um, addressed it twice in this draft. And by getting the best one in Derek Brown, I think you know you can't fault him for that, especially because you know there was um, some news out about um, they liked Simmons. He was in consideration at seven, but they didn't really know. Uh, what role he was going to be used in. And if they didn't know how to use him, which is kind of confusing because Phil Snow is supposed to be the king of, you know, positionless players. But anyways, um, I'd rather them not take him, misuse him, and us all be frustrated for the next 10 years. You know, I, I it's like I said last week when I was thinking about it. You know, Isaiah Simmons was there, but I agree with what you guys said. You know, that having that guy, um, you've got three quarterbacks – 
who are getting up there in age, and we know we've always talked about it. If you get the pressure on Tom Brady up front, you can make him do some quick throws, which he doesn't like. You know, Drew Brees is Drew Brees, God bless him. Matt Ryan, well, you can rattle Matt Ryan real quick. So for me, I, I see where they were going with it. I thought it was a great pick. I think to take that defensive tackle, get the pressure up the middle, put some pressure on those aging quarterbacks. Um, that's why I liked the pick. And I agree with what you thought you said, Jack, you know, with, with Shaq and, uh, and, and, and Burns. You, you know, you kind of where do you use Isaiah Simmons? So I, I like it in, in getting that that pressure up the middle. Biggest thing is it makes the run defense better from day one. Uh, you rank you rank twentieth against the run, and we saw how bad it got during throughout the course of the season. Where and guys were just it, it just it was sad how bad our run defense our run defense was. I mean, so again, it makes you immediately better on in, in, in the interior, which is where. Which is where you really need to be good at. And again, adding a guy like Derrick Brown alongside Kawan Short, if he's healthy, then you all, then you obviously had the best inside tandem at the at defensive line, probably definitely throughout the division, and probably one of the better tandems throughout the league. And like you said, when you can get pressure in, in the interior, keep quarterbacks from stepping up in the pocket, which they which pocket passes love to do, make them go east and west when they're less athletic. Yeah, it creates a lot of problems, especially when you have a guy like Brian Burns out there on the edge. Keep four, four. I mean, I mean, I it makes it completes this defensive line where we haven't seen it, we haven't seen it completed like this probably since you go back to 03 where you had guys like Mike Russell and Peppers on the edges and Chris Jenkins and Princeton Butler in the interior. That's how that's the type of defensive line talent you have now with adding Derrick Brown. And it has the potential to mirror that success. I mean, you have a veteran who's proven and knows what he's doing. You have some small, some no-name guys that can show their worth and can fill their roles. And then you have a young rookie who is coming in, you know, untested, but has a lot of raw, explosive talent. And he can fill in just like Peppers, you know. So I think that's – it could be almost exactly like that. And it's – it's you're right. I mean – it could be now we have, you know, had our issues with D linemen in the draft in the past. And obviously those names were never as big as Derek Brown. I mean, you have your issues with Vernon Butler and your Charlotte Toulet. I mean, that was my scariest thing is that the last first round defensive lineman we drafted was Vernon Butler. Right. And we I mean, obviously that was after the Super Bowl year. Like, so you can't that's a that's a farther back pick, but we all saw how that went. So mm-hmm. and I think it's about the most excited anyone's been about the defensive line since the acquisition of Don Terry Poe, which we had or maybe Gerald McCoy, you know, and obviously Don Terry Poe was a, a huge bust and I honestly right. would have loved to keep Gerald McCoy, but you 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 can't you do what you can. Yeah. So then going into the second round, um, at real quick though, what, the best thing about that pick though is that we didn't take Jordan Love, and we still have Jack as a Panthers fan. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I. They will keep my fandom for at least the next yeah. until the season starts. For now, the season goes on. I, don't, I can't promise anything, but yes, they didn't do because he was there the entire time poking me like, hey. You think they'll get Jordan Love? What happens? And I was like, you got to stop talking to me. I, I'm going to lose it. If we draft this quarterback, I, I'll throw my head into the wall. I was so angry. And, yeah, it was – that was that was good. So I was very happy about that. Nice. And they kept it going in the second round. Um, So thirty with the 38th pick, now you predicted they were going to get A.J. Terrell. And, obviously, we saw how far he shot up. So that was just kind of – that was just a, a, a prayer, basically. And this was one of the picks that I was like, what? Who? I I was I was struggling so hard to just pronounce it on Instagram. Yuter Gross Matos, defensive end out of Penn State. So, I mean, initial reactions, I was like, really? A defensive end? I mean, why, didn't we just sign Stephen Motherly? Didn't we draft Brian Burns a year ago? Didn't we, like, didn't we do all this? I know we lost Mario Addison, but, like, 
what's our thought process here? This one kind of shocked me. And I know a lot of people had him graded very highly and that this was sort of a great, you know, a, 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 he kind of fell to us. This was, a, this was a steal at the pick that we got. So, I mean, after watching some tape and hearing his incredibly sad story, that caught me so off guard when they did that. Because it felt like every pick in the draft this year had like a super sad story. But then they were like, yeah, you know, his dad died trying to save him at the age of one. You're like, oh my God, that's really sad. And then they're like, yeah. And then at 10 years old, his older brother got struck by lightning and died. And you're like, wait a minute, what? But it was it was just a lot right off the bat. So that kind of even took away from any reactions I could have had. Like, you don't want to sound negative about him because of it. Like, you don't want to say anything bad about him. But I was definitely shocked with this pick. I thought this was a little early for a defensive end. Um, I didn't know we were going to go full defense at this time. So I was like, come on. All right, well, then we can get a linebacker or an O-lineman later. You know, we'll get a linebacker later. None of that ever happened. So I, this guy's got a lot to prove for me. You know, you got to prove yourself, your worth as a second round pick for me. So that's, that's my two cents. What what about y'all? Yeah, no, it was definitely a big surprise to me because I mean, we had so much time to prepare for the draft this year that I pretty, I thought I went through every scenario. I thought I, you know, crossed every T, dotted every I, and I never once had him going to the Panthers. And so I was pretty shocked to see him there. I was shocked to see him fall out of the first, actually. And, you know, for, on my grading scale and for watching film, I was actually a bit lower on him. But this was right around the range I had him anyway. So I'm confident that enough other people, you know, had him high. I've seen some people have him as like the 15th ranked prospect in this class, which, yeah, wow. And um, But the theme here with um, YGM is length and athleticism. I've been tweeting about it. Um, that's clearly what Matt Rule came in and what he wants. Um, you know, he's, you know, un- raw prospect three years at Penn State. But the flashes are there. Yeah, he's good against the run. And you know, all the athleticism is there. Um, you can see it at the combine and, you know, he needs to, you know, get better with his hands, get more of a pass rush plan, but that'll all come, uh, you know, as he gets into the league. So, um, I'm all right with the pick. Uh, not, I wouldn't say it's the best pick. I know a lot of us like, uh, Sean Tease and I, the whole time during the second round, we're like Christian Fulton, Christian Fulton. And, um, you know, Jess should be pretty happy about where, that. Where, 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 did, where did he go? Where, I got, where, where, where did he go? Talk about your draft, okay? <laughs> well, I was, let, let me just throw my two cents in real quick. I, I agree with what you're saying there because I, I didn't like the pick um, when you go, you know, with Derek in the first and get that kind of, you know, upfront guy. Um, and I know this guy's an edge or whatever and you put him on the outside or whatever, but still needing the cornerback help. Um, you know, Christian Fulton, even though I said I had issues with him because of his suspensions. Um, we will take him in the 50s or wherever we got him. So we'll take that. But why they didn't go corner, I was a little curious there because I think you had already kind of gotten that stud up front. Um, so I was I was a little and not and then there were some great offensive linemen. So I, you know, like you, I was kept waiting for the and we'll talk more about that. But I was surprised they didn't go corner in that one with with somebody like Fulton on the board. Yeah, I'm like Tyler said, I obviously I wouldn't I wanted Christian Fulton or any or pretty much any defensive back at that point picking at 38 but i i think a lot of my issues with uh with, with, with drafting this kid was that i didn't when i watched film obviously he's a good run defender but yeah i'm probably not i'm i'm not drafting a defensive end personally to be a good run stopper that's me i, I he's got length he gives us a lot more athleticism across the board at defensive line that we haven't had in the last few years if you think about some of our pass rushers but i just i just didn't see I, I mean, he's got the athleticism, but is there like how much how much room do you think he, he has to grow as far as like being a, a legit NFL pass rusher? Because that's yeah. where I seen much of his game, but like, it wasn't there. Like his some of his sacks were 
pretty much really delayed sacks. Like the quarterback's holding on to the ball for like five or six seconds before he got before he got there. He definitely doesn't get to have an acronym yet. He's got to earn his way. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to earn that YGM. I like it, though, but he's got he's got to earn that for himself because you don't just get that right off the board. Um, so then Panthers did, you know, they did a trade, not the trade we would have loved, but they did trade. We were waiting to see what they were going to do in the draft. So trade it up, trade it out of the third round to get that 64th pick. And with that pick, they selected Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois. Now, this one I have some issues with. I understand he had a lot. Tyler was very, very, very happy about this. But I love the back and forth you guys had that day. <laughs> it was because well, I didn't know he was texting because he was supposed to post. Like, yeah, we were texting, then you were supposed to post, like post a story, but the story never showed up. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna post a story and I'm gonna react. Like I wasn't supposed to react to it, but I was like, wait, wait, what? Because in my mind, so we got this guy and we talked about this all draft. That's all they talked about were these positionless players. And I get that if if Phil Snow is as good as he is with this, but in my mind. Why are you drafting a safety to try to make him play cornerback? I don't I don't want to be teaching him the position in the NFL. That's that's what you had college to do. I understand he probably could fit in fairly well, but in my mind, what we've created is another Rashad Galden situation. We've drafted this dude who, because Galden, correct me if I'm wrong, was a cornerback when we drafted him. We tried to convert him to safety. He played a little and, bit of corner at Tennessee. Okay, but we regardless, it was a third. It was third round. It was this guy that had potential, had a lot more to develop. But what the heck? Why did you just pop up there? Okay, that was weird. Um, I'll edit that out. Um, but he had a lot. He had some potential. He had the ability to, you know. But and then obviously he fell off the face. And so I just thought that this was, if we were going to go defensive back, safety was not what I wanted. If we were going to draft, if we were trying to have someone play cornerback, I would have actually wanted to draft a cornerback at least in the third round. So that was my two cents on it. I understand he has a lot of – the tape on him is fairly, is very good. So, Tyler, you, you give your thoughts on it and your, your letter grade. Yeah, so it was funny right away uh, when, you know, the pick <laughs> was made. We're, Jack and I were texting in the chat right about the same time. He goes, I hate this pick. And I said, I love this pick. You know, pretty much, you know, polar opposites <laughs> Our here. phones were blowing and, up. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> and um, so it kind of softens the blow on them passing on Simmons because – uh, you hear you heard a lot in the pre-draft process how he's Isaiah Simmons like, um, and you know he gets compared to Simmons a lot, and they're cut from the same cloth. But I still think they're a lot different because Simmons has 17 pounds on uh, chin, and so Simmons, you know, could get confused for playing linebacker, you know, on base downs. I don't think that's going to happen with chin. He's probably going to start out um, as like the strong safety. Um, you know, because if, if you guys aren't aware of his combine, uh, 6'4", 221, you know, 4'4", 5", you know, great jumper. Yeah, great athlete. Um, so they're going to probably start him at, at strong safety. The thing about his film is he's just tick off a second late in zone coverage. So um, hopefully they can get him up to speed there. Um, he's probably going to drop down in a nickel sometimes, play some dimebacker. Uh, they're probably going to use him everywhere. And I think <clears throat> the reason they went with him and not Simmons um, it's just because he has more of a defined role, even though he's still a positionless player. And I'm glad that that didn't go with Simmons and Chin because I think you can like positionless players are nice, but you can't have too many of them. So yeah. I think so. I think that's the thing here with Chin. And you know he's going to take some time to you know learn the game, adjust to the NFL, going from Southern Illinois, you know, to the Carolina Panthers. That's a pretty big step. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how it goes, but um, I'm optimistic. Mm. Now, that was through a trade, right? That was through the trade, yeah. So my thought was, you know, Fulton was taken at 61. Yeah. So why not move up three more That was another thing. I, whatever. Why didn't you move up a little bit higher 
you're not going to be trading that much. Like, with this guy not have last, with this guy not have been there at the 69th pick, like that was my my thing too. I mean, if Fulton's still on the board and you're like, okay, listen, we're we're you know we're four or five picks away from you know losing Fulton. Let's see if we can get up above, you know, a team that may need him. So to me, that was kind of you know I didn't know enough about the guy. And I listen, I'm a big like get to your spot, play your spot. I'm not a big guy, you know, big with moving everybody around and stuff. If you're safety, play safety. If you're lot whatever. Play where find a spot in the NFL and play it. Although I know you can specialize, guys, but I'm still bit. I didn't. I didn't like it. I was still waiting to go. Okay, offense, offense, offense. And there you go with another D. I'm not gonna lie. Initially, I was initially I didn't know who the kid was when we drafted him. I wasn't a fan of it, but I started looking at the film. I looked at his measurables, looking at the forty time and the bench press and the vertical. I like this pig, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Six three two twenty one. He replaces. He's a he's a carbon copy. Me, like measurables wise, he's a carbon copy of Eric Reed. You plug him right. You, you can plug him in at the strong at the strong safety, and he's a true strong safety. And he can at two twenty one, he can spin down in the box and play and, and and play. I mean, if he's he's athletic enough to play in the nickel, he's athletic enough also to play a little bit outside linebacker and certain and, and like if you, if, when you go your bit nickel set. So I I like the versatility because you have to have guys like this against tight ends like a Gronkowski. That's where I start looking at, like, oh, yeah. okay. So that's where you need that versatility at. So, I mean, with with the things they say they want to do with them, I, I, you know, initially, you know, you said they, they want to work him in that corner. I'm like, well, yeah, but leave him at safety because you, you're going to need you gonna need him playing playing safety when you go up against those bigger tight ends. Uh, well, O.J. Howard's still on the Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken, is he not? He still is as of yeah. right now, yeah. yeah exactly. So you're, seeing, you're looking at a team and Tampa Bay's going to have Gronkowski and O.J. Howard. You're gonna have to have a guy that can cover those. Two of the biggest, two of the tallest tight ends in the NFL, and freakishly athletic. I mean, so I mean, I think adding him adds that versatility to your defense, and it adds again, adds a lot more of that athleticism that we that this team just has really lacked, especially in the back end. If you think yeah. about the guys we've had, especially at safety, we've been old at safety for a long time. God, this, some of the oldest safeties in the past. Like we went, <laughs> we went, we went, we went. Roman Harper. Then to Mike Adams. Yeah. yeah like, we, that's two yeah. of the old. I mean, Mike Adams. Uh, Roman Harper take that helmet off. He had, he had gray, gray hair in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He looked, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, he looked like it, it was just it was just wild. College professor. Yeah, I couldn't it even. Keeps us from, it keeps us from keep on. It keeps us away from the bargain bin and grabbing safeties and drafting a guy that you actually can push out yeah. and be a starter for more yeah. than five to six years. So the safety position is going to be the most interesting if there is a training camp and mini camp. I mean, that's going to be the most interesting position battle right off the bat because you sign the dude from the Browns, then you pick up this guy, and then you also pick up in the fifth, the fourth round at one thirteen. Oh, uh, we picked up. I'll skip. I skipped uh, the fourth round. In the fifth round, we picked up Kenny Robinson, which was Tyler thought you know he was going to go in the fourth round, so definitely a steal there. And I definitely like that pick. You know, obviously we kind of. You know, we got to like we got to know his story a bit more, and we saw some of his tape in the XFL and at West Virginia. And I really started to like the pick. And again, I liked the pick until Matt Rule decided to mention that you know what we think we might even try to work him out at inside linebacker a little bit. What? Like I understand that you know Shaq had some experience playing safety, and when we drafted Thomas Davis, he was a safety. But you really think you're going to get another Thomas Davis right off the bat? Like I don't. I understand you want to try to create this positionless thing, but like. We don't have a whole lot of time to work out this defense in minicamp and training camp. Like, we ain't going to have a minicamp for the most part. We're not going to have a whole lot of training camp. So, like, 
you got to solidify your starting defense and have the best players. Kenny Robinson has the potential to be a starting safety for us. I really think he does. He could. I think he could beat out. I can't. I, can, I can't even remember the dude's name from the Browns. So I think he could Birds. beat him out. Birds. Thank you. God in heaven. So I think he has that potential, but you have to figure that out right off the bat. And now you still have this hole open at linebacker. So we'll come back to the fourth round pick. But just real quick, what did y'all think about you know about getting Kenny Robinson there? Obviously, it was a steal. But what what was what were y'all's thoughts? I think. Um... You know, the deficiencies that Chin has, um, you know, the first thing that you see on film is a little flexibility can go a long way by refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed. You can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at PenFed.org slash auto refi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. He really struggles in man coverage on slots. Um, you know, he's fine against tight ends and running backs, but I think that's at where Kenny Robinson actually thrives. So I think he complements uh, Chin very well, actually. So throwing a package out there with Chin, uh, Kenny Robinson, and then Trey Boston at the free safety, you know, that doesn't look too bad. And, um, you know, he's, you know, if you watch his film, it doesn't take long to see that, um, he, you know, he has great ball skills. He finds ball, um, turnover machine in the XFL. Um, so I think adding another piece to a secondary that has always just kind of survived and we never really yeah. have been a great secondary. We just always kind of been, you know, just all right. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we went in and invested, um, at the position, um, you know, add some more athleticism, length. Uh, you know, he's going to miss some tackles here and there, but I think it makes up for it in his coverage ability. So I was happy with the pick. Uh, I didn't really know where he was going to go off the board. Didn't really know if he was going to get drafted at all. Um, yeah. You know, it's prob- we're probably going to have drafted the only XFL player ever. So okay, we got that for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Kenny, right? Yeah, Kenny. You know, I, I, I agree with, you know, what impressed me is, is uh, getting to the ball. Um, you know, getting the turnovers, um, and you need that. And then the more I got to thinking about it as the draft went on, and I'm like, here's another defensive guy, here's another defensive guy, here's another defensive guy. Well, you're going up some, against some pretty potent offenses in the AFC yeah. South. So the more it started, uh, the more I started letting it kind of seep in and, and sink in a little bit, I was like, okay, now I get it, now I understand. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's got the experience uh, a little more there, and I, I like him getting the ball. Some of the stuff I saw – some of the passes he broke up and 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 getting there um, was pretty stout. Like I said, there's all these guys are got to grow. So yeah, yeah. Again, much of the same. You gotta love a guy that can get to the football and, and turn the ball over. I, I mean, we we play in a division with a Drew Brees and a Tom Brady and and Matt Ryan. You're gonna you gotta get you gotta figure out ways to, to create turnovers. If he can help us generate turnovers, obviously, like you said early on, I don't expect much from him because he's such a because he's such a ball hawk. He's such an aggressive guy when the ball's in the air. He's gonna make a lot of mistakes. But I think in the fifth round, and considering how looking at his tape and 
Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with him being a fifth round pick. I'm fine with bringing him in and hopefully seeing him work as working as a backup and then work his way into possibly being a starter at some point down the road. No, yeah. I mean, so then you have these guys that we need to create. The only way we're going to beat these offenses is if we create turnovers, get the ball back for us because we can we can bend, but it won't be long before we break against some of these high-powered offenses. So that's exactly right. And so then, like I said, we skipped it, the, four, the fourth round pick, but that was the fourth round. Fourth round was actually a pick that I enjoyed because they actually finally answered my prayers and drafted a cornerback and actually went with a guy that I thought I think has a lot of potential. And I know Shantise has a lot to say about him as well as Tyler. So I'm going to let you two just talk about, about Troy Pride Jr. So Tyler, I'll let you shoot first because I'm probably going to – mine won't be as, nearly as analytical. <laughs> yeah, so – this is probably right around where I had Troy Pride graded. Um, he, you know, very athletic corner, very good in man coverage, which, you know, is key for, you know, the next level because ultimately that's what it comes down to. Like, can you play man coverage against this guy or not? And you're not going to be able to stick on the back end if you can't, you know, lock the guy up one-on-one. So I think getting Pride, you know, adds more versatility because I also think he can play the nickel. Probably he's not going to just because of how many safeties Nick we can have that we can play in the nickel. Um, and the league's just kind of going towards, you know, uh, safeties in the nickel spot. So um, there's still a job sitting right on the outside across from Dante Jackson, you know, that has his name written all over it. So, you know, I, I'd say he's the early favorite to win that starting job at corner on the outside. Um, you know, Corn Elder, um, I think, you know, he struggled on the outside. I think if he, if you want to util- utilize him best, he's it's inside, but. I don't know if he's that good to begin with, so <laughs> that's the issue. Um, but I like the pride pick overall, and I think the theme that you're seeing with all these defensive picks, you know, making history, of course, um, is that rules playing the long game here. You know, uh, our offense is, um, you know, pretty filled out. Of course, we got some needs, especially in the offensive line. But I think he just basically wanted to go in and get his guys, and that might have just, you know coincidentally been all defensive guys so i think you know we're not going just to win this year or next year but he's getting the guys he wants and eventually it's all going to work out yeah so for me this being a guy i played up against in high school a64 guy i love him obviously man he's a he's a big i, I think people under i don't know if people really understand how fast this kid is. he's an all-state track running having having ran against his kid i mean he is this is legit speed and again he was he, he that that speed held true when he went to notre dame I mean, he's – you won't – I mean, when we add, when we talk about having adding speed and athleticism to a, to a team, this is the type of guy you want to have, man. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I think he's at six foot, not nearly as big as you probably would like, but I think he'll do a good job against some of, the, some of these bigger body guys. We think about a guy like a Julio that can take the top off of defense or these or, or Ridley, again, for that Atlanta offense that adds so much speed. I think he's, he's a good answer because Dante Jackson – in his short time, even though he struggled with with some decision making, he he creates a lot of turnovers just for the simple fact that he's fast enough to stay stay in to stay in line with receivers and make plays on the football. He's aggressive enough to go out there and make, and, and make plays. So I mean, I, I wouldn't have been really looking to add a guy this at this point to fill in a starting position. I would have liked to have probably signed a guy in free agency to fill in that position and let him work underneath them and then work his way up to a starting job. But heck, if the kid can fill it in now from day one and let him do it. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that he definitely has a spot to has has a chance to get starting spot. And then if you have, if they play both to their top potential, you have the you have the ability to have some of the one of the most explosive defensive back duos in the NFL if they both play to their strengths. You just talked about their speed and their ability to get on the ball. 
Um, and so another thought that crossed my mind, because I, you know, I was looking at this, the one hole that they missed, they went all defense, but again, to me, they never drafted a linebacker. And I was, I was kind of kept waiting for it. I'm like, okay, we have this position we need to fill. Like, what is your mindset here? Do y'all think that God forbid the five, two formation is on there is on their mind. You have the amount of the amount of DNs and, and linemen that we've already drafted. Do y'all think the five, two, four formation is something that they're considering? And just having two linebackers and having five defensive line, people five on the line. Yeah, but I'll change it up a little bit. How about a four-two-five? Um, you know, take a take a linebacker out of there. That, and... Does that exist in the yes. NFL? Yeah. Nickel. Yeah, I like it. Though. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. I, you know, with, play a nickel with, up in the box. Yeah, with, with that with the guys you drafted at safety, why not use it? Like you drafted, you drafted, you drafted, you drafted you got the versatile guys, you wanted versatility. Then go with a versatile defense that has nothing but speed and athleticism on the field. It gets back to that four guys up front who can put pressure, and then you got five guys to cover. <laughs> so it let the two other guys do what they need to do. So I can see to a point. And let me just talk about Troy real quick from my point of view. To me, I'm making a statement right now that he will be a star and he will be somebody that's going to last with the Panthers for a long time. It will be a name that Panther fans will remember because when I watched his, some of his plays and some of his tapes, the one thing that automatically hit with me that I didn't really think about with other guys is that's a football player. There was just something about it watching. Thanks Booger. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Booger. There's something about him that makes me say he's a football player. Um, but you know what I'm getting at? He no, just, I get, yeah, you know, I get there, that. there was just this football instinct that, that this guy is going to be uh, – he's going to be a player for quite some time and and be one that uh, – they'll look at this and go, he might be the best out of this draft class. So you're saying he's someone we can take pride in? Someone you can take pride I'm in. sorry. I, I couldn't resist. I, I'll, I'll, leave. I'll leave. I'll get out. Right. I'm sleeping anyway, so you're falling. <laughs> I, I am falling asleep. I, uh, I had a, a long drive the last two days. Anyway. Um, but all right, so then rounding out this draft, because, uh, again, all defense. So with the six pick, 184 – you had Panthers taking DJ Wanham. Would have loved that to have happened. But he actually got drafted, yeah. what was it, fourth round? Like fourth, one, one, so he, he, jumped, yeah. he jumped up really, really high. And so much, a lot of love for him. Um, I mean, I, we can't, you can't say enough about uh, – a lot of Gamecocks went. A lot more than I thought were going to go. So you can't – I mean, I was, I, was, I was more excited for, like, the Gamecocks getting drafted. Like, when Kinlaw went to the 49ers and now he's going to be with Debo, like, I lost my mind. Because we, right. we had talked about that. We were like, okay, that's going to happen. And, yeah, the Raiders are just, like, the taking USC and Clemson team now. Like, it was the Texans. Yeah. Now it's the Raiders. They some, yeah. Something switched. Well, the 49ers. With but, yeah, but, they, like, yeah, but, like, the amount of Clemson yeah, yeah, yeah. and South Carolina right. players that the Raiders have, like, right. it was, like, the Texans. Right. Where Texans had all these guys from Clemson and South Carolina, and now the Raiders have it all. Um, but, so, yeah, then you had, you know, and then so you have – now we actually got – it was we, it was bound to happen at some point. We were waiting for it, and it finally came up. Uh, we drafted Bravion Roy, defensive lineman, out of, of course, Baylor. Um, I mean, I watched the stuff – I watched his film. I watched some of his tape, you know, and looked at his measurables. I mean, in my mind, he, he's, he can be a playmaker. He has potential to grow. He's not going to start – he's going to – I think he's going to be like another Kyle Love, just filling in if where needed. But in my mind, if he doesn't play for Baylor, I really don't think we make this pick. That's just – that's just my two cents about it. I think not that there was other, not to say that there was other guys that were more talented than him. I just, I really, I mean, they, they, I know Matt Rule knows something about him that's, and knows how he can. That's, that's the, that's the deal. How he can use him There's to the most there. to the optimal way, which is, which is all Senate, well, all well and good, but you still have to do that. You got to show me you can do that. So, Tyler, what, what do you think? 
Yeah, I was surprised actually that we didn't really overhaul this whole Baylor LSU Temple thing. You know, we we kind of took it light, which was surprising. You know, he really hit that home in free agency. But I think getting a guy in the sixth round, he's going to make the roster, and I actually think he's going to crack the rotation early on for the interior. So, um, as a sixth round pick, I'm I'll take that. And on film, you know, he's huge, three thirty. He's a nose. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude, but he moves very well for his size. And so at 184, um, I was happy with the pick. Um, more so, It wasn't the worst pick. It wasn't the best pick. Um, I had him graded, like, in the 120s on my board. Um, and I'm, not, I'm not saying my board is, you know, king <laughs> to everything. It's not the it's not the answer sheet, but that's just what, <laughs> how I felt about him. So I think, you know, another athletic guy, of course, and then Baylor, the Baylor, I'm sure, helps. And as that's all, it's – it's you know fun to look at that and everything. It, it does mean you know bringing in guys that you know how you're going to work. So I think you know bringing a guy like Roy who um, you know he knows what he's like. He knows his um, how he's going to help and fit into the culture. I think that's huge. And in the sixth round, I'll take it. Yeah, no, definitely. I I didn't know a whole lot about him. I just figured it was the Baylor deal. That's all <laughs> I knew was Matt Rule knows something there that that there's something there and he can work with him and. And and bring him in, and that's and and you got size. I mean, come on, yeah. The, the beef you you can't you can never go wrong with with that if he knows he's a ball player. So yeah, that's what I, I go with. I just think we I think Rule looked at the team and recognized where we were where we were weakest at. And obviously, you got once you get to these six round seven round picks, you're filling out got these are guys that are gonna possibly just rotate in and when whenever needed or be special teams yeah. guys. And Rule is gonna be exactly that. He's gonna be he's gonna be at well a, probably a, th- a third down short yards defensive lineman. Goal line defensive lineman. You got you. You need to have guys like that because Kyle Love has played well for us for years, and he's just been that. Just, yeah. just come in. Hey, we need a run stop. Come in, fill fill up a hole, and and, and that's what you need to do. So I mean, I like I like I don't mind Brave Young Roy in round six at that point. No, yeah, I don't think I, I think at that point like that's the sixth round is kind of that cusp of where like you just you're looking for people that can come in and they, they have to prove stuff. I mean, you have to, you have to prove. You know, you 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 probably will have a spot on the roster, but you have to prove your worth, and you have to show that you can make con- contributions to the to the team overall. Because then you get into the seventh round, and we got to the seventh round. Tyler, you had us taking uh, Jamichael Hasty, which thank God I don't have to say that name anymore because I <laughs> I have so I have to think twice before I say it every time. Um, running back out of Baylor, that's where we thought the Baylor was gonna you know was gonna come up, and I think I think Rule started to realize that everyone was getting wise to what he was doing because even in the UDFA's, I mean, they didn't really take a whole lot of Temple or Baylor or LSU guys, so I think. He started. Everyone was like, "Okay, everyone's realizing what I'm doing. I got, I got to calm down a little bit." Um, so we ended up taking Stanley Thomas Oliver the third, which is just a mouthful and would not. It, it's put not, that on the jersey. It's not going what to fit. Gonna it's going to be like the freaking uh, those old uh, the Rebels, the Christmas jerseys in the NBA, <laughs> and he had Giannis's name curving all around. The like, that's what it's going to be because you just don't fit all that. Or he's going to like, look, dude, no one needs to know you're the third of these people. Just have your name. And Tom okay. has hyphen Olivers a lot. Yeah, but Tom like, Oliver can fit. You can choose Tom Oliver or Oliver. You can choose one of them. Which parent do you like more? And then take that one. <laughs> Unless it's something special. But he's a quarterback at FIU. I mean, I hate to say it. I don't know how much of a of a, of a of a impact he makes on the actual starting roster or the roster overall. I think he's fighting for his position. If he can make the 53, you know, that's good. That's good for him. I mean, our quarterbacks isn't we don't have as much depth to the quarterback as we would like, so I'm not gonna shy away from him, but I mean, he's gonna have to. He's gonna. He's the one out of this draft class that's really gonna have to fight the hardest. Which I mean, you expect that out of, out of a seventh round pick. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on him, Tyler? 
Um, I think, you know, right now we have, uh, you know, like you said, like uh, we don't have enough corners on the roster. We have six, including him and one of the UDFA we signed. So we're probably going to take five into the season. So, I mean, you're always playing against the people that are don't, don't have a job and you could sign. But um, I think he's a favorite to make the roster right now. It's like that last corner. And he brings, you know, 6'2", uh, 184, uh, big athletic kid. And I think Shanti's covered it pretty well um, in his breakdown and Money in the Bank. So if you haven't, definitely go check that out. Um, but, you know, doesn't really like to get in there and tackle. Doesn't really like to take on blocks. Uh, pretty good ball skills, but, you know, has a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, I, he, bro, with 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 Matt Rule not having a full offseason, a normal offseason to work to just fully evaluate guys, these late round picks are gonna are gonna have to play. Like he's picked all of his guys. Some of these guys are gonna play. So step, uh, so Thomas Oliver the third, he'll play as a gunner. Yeah. I don't know how much like they would I don't, I don't know how much they actually want to throw him in at corner just because, like, you know. Oh, look at this tape. I mean, yeah, when you get to the next level, you have to be physical against blocks, and he just doesn't do that. So, I mean, hopefully we can develop him. Hopefully we get him in. Hopefully Phil Snow can figure out what to do with him. But I think he can be a good value guy as far as I can coverage if he can learn how to play the game at a professional level. You know, I think when he took him, you know, it was that Roma going, okay, is he – I mean, the biggest thing was, was he going to go offense or was he going to stick with defense? He went defense, and I think it just – Shanti's mentioned earlier, it proved to everybody that Matt Rule is going, listen, we're building this with youth, with speed, with athleticism, and it might be a three- or four-year deal, but you guys are going to have to deal with it. And I think that's what this draft showed was Matt Rule has a plan. He's going to stick to it. Herney may not be involved a whole lot, but he's like, here's where we're going. And and so when he took it, I, I knew nothing about the guy, but I just knew that at that point he's like, we're going to build this defense. It's going to take some while, but we're going to start with – athletic smart you know kids and go, and kids and that's what they are and, and go with it so I, I wasn't surprised at that point when he did it so yeah i think the draft definitely in it to a sense i think kind of re-solidified everyone's thoughts on rule and kind of maybe comforted people a bit more and going okay well he he knows what he's doing he's got he has a plan he knows the direction he's trying to go because after before this everyone was up there like okay is anyone communicating with anyone and what we're doing? Is the, is the head coach and the GM and the owner, or is anyone talking to each other? It looked like everything was just like throwing darts in, in the middle of the night and just hoping it lands somewhere. But I think now, you know, with the offense we had, like we said, it was fairly set. Like people were complaining, but and I think it was John Alcee who said, he was like, guys, I mean, look at the pieces we have on offense. We're, we're pretty okay. Like we don't need to do a whole lot. And I agree with that other than the offensive line, you know? So, and I think, you know, the biggest question there is as long as, Everyone, the biggest question there is, you know, can Brady, you know, just can he put in a position? Can he put a offense together and put everyone in the right pieces and make it work? I think everyone's pretty confident about that. I think coming out of this draft, I think looking at the guys we got, if you really look at them all overall and the draft and even some of the UDFAs that we have and the people that we've signed, the defense has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential on paper to be very, very, to not be very, very good, but to be good enough to win games. I think the biggest question is, how good is Phil Snow? Because if he can't formulate a, def- a defense that works for these guys and that can get everyone playing the best that they can, I mean, he already had a lot of questions coming into it. It was already kind of – it looked like it was a friend hire and, you know, just pulling someone with him out of Baylor. So everyone already is kind of iffy on him. So I think he's going to have to prove to himself – or prove to the NFL that he can be a – you know, can be a, a productive and, you know, 
impactful defensive coordinator because that's what you, I mean you're looking especially especially looking at the rap sheet of the defensive coordinators that the Panthers have had in the past and looking who he has to look he has to live up to you know the question becomes you know you can't I mean uh, we, we want everything quick yes, we want everything course. successful right away I mean people got to realize you know, so it's gonna you you, you got to give them three years don't you I mean, with the, these young kids, you got to give them two or three. I mean, you got you can't go off of this year. No, if they go three yeah, and, three and completely crap the bed. But you so, know they will. You, oh no, no, I know. That's what well, happened to um, but, uh, but, but, in, in and Arizona. But What's then, his face? Well, Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen. Steve, oh, yeah. well, Steve Wilkes and Josh Rosen kind of. Yeah, more yeah. so Steve Wilkes. He got fired after a year. Right. I mean, is Matt, if they go three and thirteen, is Matt Rule done? No. If the defense gives up forty points a game, is Matt is Phil yes. Snow done? Yes. Like, yes. Why? He, you gotta, oh, he is. Because you're giving up forty you points a year, but you got a year. You drafted an entire kids. defense. You, yeah, that was you your kids, whole draft. But you got kids. I. But if you're giving, up, if you're trying to put emphasis, not on defense, all we're gonna start. I understand this, but you still have whole. I mean, this is the the most different looking defense we've ever had. You know, compared to the years of the past, like this is the the di- most different our defense has looked in a while in terms of the names that are on the team. But if you're telling, if you're giving up forty points a game, so if offense doesn't score more than. 14 a game. Are you getting rid of uh I mean, name? honestly, I'm I'm you're you're on the chopping block already. Like, I mean you have four weeks into the NFL season. At, next I'm, season. You gonna look a little funny in the light. Like I'm not gonna lie. I'm a, it may have to, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, you, I'm not saying you're fine right away, but the you no, the, the chopping the block. The problem I have it with it is when you start talking about rebuilding, fans don't like that term. No, they don't understand it. And the problem becomes if they're not filling the seats, you know, is Tepper gonna go listen? You know, I I know we talked about this, blah, blah, blah. You know, two years is everybody gone. I mean, I I, I don't know. I just think because Joe, I I think. Joe Brady, that's it. I think Brady has a bit less to prove. He's obviously put up. He's got more to work with, too. Yeah, and that's also the case. Mm -hmm. So I think he gets a little bit more leniency. The problem is just with Phil Snow and his, his, like, the history. He barely has any history in terms of NFL coaching. And it's, like I said, it's that. Because he's being pulled with it from Baylor, you go to an if you go from college to another college and you pull your staff, that's a bit more understandable. But pulling this from when you have a guy who's that inexperienced in terms of the NFL, I'm always coached everywhere around, but pulling them into the NFL with you, that's going to get some sideways looks. So I think, and if, especially like if forty, if now putting up for if losing, if, you know, not putting up forty a game, if that's your worst case scenario, then I mean, you're getting you're on the you're on the hot seat already going What's, into that second season. Phil Sore, Matt Ruler, Phil. Both. Matt Rule brought him on. Matt Rule's I mean, definitely getting some questions, too. Matt Rule's definitely getting some questions, too. Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, that's a little just, tangent. No, I mean, it, it may, you have to talk about that because that is, that is fair. And, I mean, because, like I said, you see the things that Rule is trying to prove that he is a defensive coach or he's, he's a guy that's trying to put it out right. there. No, I agree. And that's where he lost Ron his job is the way that our defense went this past year. So, like, that's – I mean, in, in terms of the way that the Panthers and the – you know. And the GM and the owner are trying to go. I think that hopefully, what is it? What's the what is the big the big curved stick that Shepherds use? What is that called? A crook. 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 I want to see someone take a crook to Marty Herney, like in the comics, and just pull them all out and just take them away, oh, so we don't have him anymore. Stop that. So we don't have him anymore. Like, draw, pull his, draw his curtain. He needs to go. He obviously had no impact on that draft in my mind because all those picks. I don't think, like we said. I don't think you're a GM in the NFL, and you're not at least trying to vie for an offensive pick. He might have had some influence, but he was losing Especially these battles. an offensive lineman. Exactly. Like, he's losing yeah. these battles, if, at, at the very least. Anyway. But so then looking into it, so obviously, you know, it, it's kind of like a frenzy. And to be fair, this is the first year that – for one thing, this is the first year because we had nothing else to do that I watched the draft from start to finish and was not doing anything else. I know that's that's sinful, Tyler, but I just – Welcome to the club. <laughs> it's, it's too long. There's too much vamping. Somehow they vamped more with – 
even though it was all on Zoom. I don't understand how you do that. But we had a special reason for watching it. And it was even funnier after the fact we were like refreshing Twitter and looking on our UDFAs. And I realized how much actually goes down literally right after the draft. Right after. The amount of people that get signed literally, if not the day, the day, that day, the morning before. So we at the Panthers have already signed what we say, almost 20 UDFAs. And they finally, they finally got some offensive guys. So we've yeah. got, we won't talk about them all because it's a lot, but some of the bigger names that they've gotten, you know, um, we got Cam Sutton out of Fresno state. Uh, we got a running back, Rodney Smith out of Minnesota, uh, Omar Bayless, wide receiver out of Arkansas State. Um, look at some other guys that we got, some other defensive guys. So we finally got some old linemen, one out of offense, uh, one out of Ohio State, one out of another one out of Baylor. They only did they did they didn't even do a whole lot of guys here. They had one dude from Baylor and one dude from Temple, and that was it. Then you had some bigger names. So then they went a very heavy linebacker here. I guess they figured that the guys that they could get here could maybe fill that spot. You got Chris Orr, whose brother, if I'm not mistaken, is Stephen Orr, correct? Or whatever his name was uh, for the Vikings, not Steve Orr. Um, I don't know. He has. I'm, I'm blanking right now. Hold up. Is it Chris Orr, brother? We don't do our research enough. Yeah, Zach Orr. Excuse me. That's, that's what it was for the Ravens, not the Vikings. Um, so that's a you know a big name in the NFL, a bigger linebacker in the NFL. And then uh, they got guys like Jordan Mack out of Virginia, David Reese out of Florida, and then Sam Franken out of the Temple. So they assume that they can fill that linebacker position out of the UDFA's here, but. Tyler, just really quickly, because I mean, we did not do enough research, or at least maybe not all of us. Um, maybe Jeff knows. Jeff probably knows something about Jordan Mack out of Virginia, just because it's Virginia. But um, Tyler, what were your thoughts on some of these, you know, bigger, or anyone else's thoughts on the on some of these uh, UDFA's? Yeah, so yes. real quick, I think Cam Sutton can definitely, you know, push to make a roster spot as that third tight end. Um, you know, they brought in a few other tight ends. I also like Giovanni Ricci, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Brandon Bowen and um, the. Auburn guard whose name escapes me uh Horton um I feel like both of them both of them have a shot to make it on the team actually uh because you know we don't really have the depth on the interior and Brandon Bowen has that versatility where you can play on at tackle or guard so I think that's huge um you know to bring uh to the team uh Fred um Maugoa from Washington State Center uh play guard too I think he has a fair shot as well um, Omar Bayless, I think it's going to be tough. You know, he's talented for Arkansas State and, you know, did a lot there. But we just have so many receivers right now. But um, I think, you know, maybe as a six receiver, he can make it just because, you know, he did block two kicks in college and, you know, bring some special teams value. And, you know, you're always looking forward to looking for that at the end of the um, roster. <laughs> right, definitely. And so when I talked to Hunter Register um, a week or two ago, he said the best player he ever played against or played with uh, was Rodney Smith, running back from Minnesota. And he's a panther now so we'll see if he can compete you know for end of the roster spot it's definitely gonna be tough of course for these udfas and then one more guy chris Orr. i think you know he'll probably make the roster um you know coming in uh we need some more linebacker depth and he's not going to start or anything um i think the panthers have a lot of trust in jermaine carter who you know has played a little bit here and there, but I think Chris Orr, you know, I had a big list before the draft of guys that I think, you know, could contribute on special teams. And Chris Orr is one of those guys where, yeah, I think, you know, he just has the toughness and will to just want to play, play a lot on special teams. Yeah. I've seen some fans saying that he was the best pick we had made in the draft. They were really, <laughs> they were really high on, on Chris Orr. So, I mean, like having a talent like that already seen in the NFL, that definitely doesn't make me feel bad about him. Mm-hmm. And keep your eye on Jordan Mack. I don't know what Tyler knows about Jordan Mack, uh, but you know, 6'2", 230 out of Virginia, had eight sacks last season. What did I say? 
eight sacks last season alone. Now, granted, that's ACC. Yeah. So, so let's 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 be real. Um, but uh, keep your eye on him. Uh, he's got some speed. Um, big boy, smart football player, gets the ball quick. Um, so you know, and we need linebackers. So like you said, I, I could see a couple of these linebackers possibly being, you know, yeah, on on the roster. Definitely. And so, like we said, um. Like we were saying, we had a very special reason to watch the entirety of the draft this year, other than the fact that we literally had nothing else to do. We kept waiting to hear his name called, and unfortunately never was, and that's when the, the frenzy of looking at Twitter and keeping it updated, and I'll let, I'll let Jeff tell the story, but um, our kicker today is, is kind of special. It's not really for Panthers fans, because I was praying to God the Panthers draft would sign him, and we didn't, but that's not here there, so I'll let Jeff take it away. Well, two things. First, like he said, I watched every pick. Literally from beginning to end. And I'm going to give kudos right now to the NFL. They did. Because I thought it was great. They did a very good job. Let me tell you what. Some of the stuff, you know where I'm going real quick. First of all. Oh, my God. First of all, I don't know what was going on in Mike Vrabel's house, (laughs) the coach of the Tennessee Titans. He had a guy in a Frozone suit. I don't know who the other guy was. It was a Tiger King. I don't know who. He had a mullet. It was, it was supposedly blind. a guy on the John. I just, I don't and know. And he was definitely on the there. toilet. He was taking a shit you know, during the middle of the draft. It was happening. You know, uh, Bill Belichick had his dog in the seat making fantastic. the picks. I, I just, it was fantastic. And I don't know if Pete Carroll has any family. Yeah, dude, he was Pete Carroll was alone time. all the time. So I have no idea what's going on. But back to it. Um, Jordan Fair, senior uh, linebacker, Appalachian State. Um, I was his first Pop Warner coach when he moved here to Charlotte. Jack played with him in high school. And in Pop Warner. Uh, and in Pop Warner, yes. Yeah, so right. Pop Warner and then they played four years in high school. And um, just a hard worker. And his goal since he was four or five years old was to be in the NFL. And um, I know we all wanted uh, – the, the Mr. Irrelevant turned out to be a linebacker, an inside linebacker. Oh, we were so hoping upsetting. it would be Jordan, but it wasn't. And so we did. We were on Twitter uh, after that. And then um, Sunday about 1 o'clock um, – actually Sunday about 11 o'clock, he ended, get, ended up getting a call from the Vikings – um, and signed with the Vikings. And um, and you would have thought that, like, literally my, my older brother <laughs> yeah, got drafted. Yeah, no, I, I went outside and screamed it at the top of my lungs, and I called Jordan right away, and and we had a good conversation. So kudos to him. And um, I listen, I, I think, you know, God willing, he makes the team. I, I you know, um, I can tell you the jersey I will go by would be that. But good luck to Jordan Fair and um, a, a great young man who's worked hard to get where he's at, and we hope the best for him, and hopefully he's on that roster. Yeah, it was it was definitely very cool to see cool. that happen. And you think about it, I was like, oh my god, I have a, like I played with this right. kid, and now he's playing. Or he hopefully will be playing in the NFL. Right. I mean, we talked about him weeks ago. You know how good of a fit he would be for the Panthers, just because of how hard work. Take a is. shot. Just take a shot. And I mean, we didn't do that, but it's whatever Panthers. I guess you don't want to listen. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> but regardless, um, it was still like yeah, the NFL did a really really good job with the draft. It was draft. cool. They it did was, a good job. It was wild to see. Um, and it made me like it made me and my brother and my dad we liked uh it made us like Goodell a little bit more i don't know he, just, he was just acting like a goofball the whole time like it was i was like okay this guy gets a lot of like a lot of crap like let's let's tone it down a bit because he was he was just hilarious the entire draft just sitting there like then he would change and i was like what are you doing dude had m&ms and- it was it was wild and he was like interacting with the fans it was it was wild and of course and they did what they did we said they were going to do they actually played track and they had he had the people booing yeah. that were feeding in on zoom and i love that i lost my mind i was like that's the that's the best thing i've ever seen but yeah um so definitely a lot left to be seen as to how this will all pan out especially when we don't know when you know the nfl will be back and, and we will you know have more news to talk about because now that the draft done Ooh, I I gotta be honest with y'all. We're gonna be we're gonna be scrambling for topics. We're gonna be pulling stuff out, out of out of nowhere for these uh, next couple episodes. But if if you follow us um, on any of the social media sites, send us some questions. Yeah, if y'all have something want to talk about, let us know what you guys. If there's something we haven't discussed, um, or, or something you guys want to throw out there, a player we missed, or 
uh, some story that's out there. That would be great. Also, some apparel stuff. Yeah, so another thing we have, we have hats now coming out for the Panthers Brawl. There's some actually really cool hats. We've got some dad hats, some bucket hats. White, black, whatever what you want. So go to well, – we sent out a link on Twitter. We can put some links up on Instagram as well um, for how y'all can check that out because the Panthers Brawl and Fanatics are doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, we have a shirt coming out, so stay tuned for that. Yep. We've got some stickers coming out. And, y'all, if we buy that, you, you're giving us money. So if you, if you want to do that, if you don't want to do that, buy them anyway, and we'll give the money to someone else. I'll, we'll put it to like a COVID charity or something. But um, that's really exciting that we get to be a part of this because we actually get to make money because, I mean – as of right now, you know, Shantice and I are graduated, so we are unemployed. So any money coming in is going to be great for us. And then um, we're going to be also doing a thing coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, keep your ear out for this. Uh, we're going to have – starting to have some fan interactions where uh, we've had some some people reach out to us talking about, you know, wanting to either talk about their, their opinions, you know, or maybe have – uh, some testimonies about some of their favorite games. So we're going to have that coming up. So if y'all are interested with that, DM the Panthers Brawl or any one of the Instagrams linked in our bio because that's, you know, us. And uh, we're going to keep introducing y'all to the rest of the team and just keep, you know, because Instagram is it's a lot of fun getting to have that. I like it's It's a little bit more forgiving than Twitter. People get yeah. a little bit more interaction than, than you do on Twitter. You don't have to work as hard. But until next time, everybody, keep pounding. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut? or? Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions. Like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.